0: Welcome to the Covenant Life Center podcast. Our goal is that this message builds your faith and gives you hope. Enjoy the message. Our series has been Change the Channel. And so I had been praying weeks ago about it when I found out that I was going to be speaking. And God spoke so strong to me a word this morning. If y'all don't mind standing to your feet in just a minute, I'm going to share the word. And then y'all can uh, be seated after I'm done with that. But how many of you are going through a change in your life right now? some kind of change, some kind of transition, pretty much everybody. You know, there's changes, change is inevitable. It's it's always happening. One change that I went through recently was the uh, my daughter getting married, and that's a big change because my responsibility of taking care of her is now out of my hands, and it's moved on to her new honey. But as long as I had my daughter with me at home, because she is a little bit older and And she was home with me for a while. I mean, she's 25, so I got used to it, right? So now I get a little taste of that empty nest syndrome, and I've talked to a few of you about that and what it feels like. And let me tell you, it is a big change because the next morning after the wedding, I walked into her room, and that's when it really hit me. See, the night before, we were celebrating. We were dancing. We were partying. We were having a good old time just celebrating them. But the reality of it hit me the next day when I walked in her room and it was empty in there. And I said, whoa, this is a change. This is hard uh, to transition to this. And so I know about changes. We go through them all the time. The seasons change for every one of us. There's change in small ways. The weather every day. South Texas, hello. It's every day different. So changes are constant, right? Amen? Everyone agree with me? So... There's a man named Heraclitus. He was a Greek philosopher. He was in the school academia. And he said this. He says, the only constant in life is change. The only constant in life is change. But I beg to differ with him. Because there is something else that is more constant than change. And that is our God. He never changes. He never changes. Malachi 3 and 6, if you're following along with me. This is the word this morning, for I am the Lord, I do not change. Let's say that together, I do not change, he does not change. First Samuel 15 and 29, two more scriptures and y'all can be seated. He who is the glory of Israel does not lie or change his mind, for he is not a human being that he should change his mind. James 1 and 17, every good. And perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. Amen. Y'all can be seated. So now we know change is inevitable. It's going to happen all the time. It's in our everyday life. But can I tell you something, that nothing surprises God. What you're going through right now, it doesn't surprise God. He's from the beginning to the end. He knows what's going to take place before we know what's going to take place. And so God, he is our constant in our change, right? So it's the one thing that the world can't give and the world can't take it away is our God that is constant and consistent all the time. He is there for us at the mention of his name. Jesus came to this earth as a man, and he the beautiful part is that he experienced the pain. He experienced emotions like we did. He experienced the hurt, so he understands our situation, and he, though, is an unchanging source of strength for us in this constantly changing world. We can turn to him when everything is shifting in our lives and we can call on Jesus and he is there at the mention of his name. He is constantly there. He doesn't fall asleep. He is always aware. He's omnipresent, omnipotent, omnipowerful. He's always there. He hears our cries. Daniel 2 and 21 says this. He changes the times and seasons, though. He changes the times and seasons. He knows before we do. Another popular candy stick scripture, Ecclesiastes 3. To everything, there is a season to everything, a time for every purpose under heaven, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to break what is planned, a time to kill, and a time to heal, a time to break down, a time to build up, a time to weep, a time to laugh, a time to mourn, a time to dance, a time to cast away stones, and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from the embracing, a time to gain, a time to lose, a time to keep, and a time to throw away, a time to tear, and a time to sow, a time to keep silent, and a time to speak, a time to love, and a time to hate, a time of war, And a time of peace. See, our seasons in life will change constantly. It's inevitable. But David learned the secret. He said in Psalm 62 and 5, Find rest, O my soul, in God alone my hope comes from him. He alone is my rock and my fortress. I will not be shaken. I didn't know they were going to sing that song this morning. We don't get together and plan, hey, we got this message, and we don't do that. And they were singing it this morning, and it just confirmed the word of the Lord that he gave me for y'all. Can everyone say that? I will not be shaken. Even though everything around me is shifting around, I will not be shaken because I serve a constant God that is always there for me. So David learned this secret. And Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The Word of God says, but the changes in our lives are sometimes wanted. There are things that are in our lives that are expected, and you feel that, and you're longing for that change. Whether it's God giving you a new job, whether it's God moving you to a new city, and there's there's times that you're ready for a change in your life, and those are easy to go through. Amen. Those are easy. But there are times where they're unwanted, when they're unexpected. And let me tell you, those are the ones that throw you for a loop sometimes. And those are the ones that we don't like, the changes that come that we don't expect in our lives. How many of y'all have ever gone through a change in your life that you weren't expecting it to happen You weren't planning for that divorce. You weren't planning to lose a loved one. You weren't planning so early. You weren't planning to go through a traumatic event. You weren't planning on being rejected at a job that you wanted so bad and knew you had. It's the things that we didn't plan and that were unexpected that are so hard for us to go through. There's changes that happen all the time that are good, that are bad for us, like getting married That's an exciting moment. That's a happy time. Having a baby, uh, like having to move to a new city, a new home. But what about losing a job or unexpected diagnosis that you get or losing a loved one or not having them and how to deal with not having them around anymore? Or how about God giving you a new job or transitioning you to the one that you wanted or the position that you wanted? There are changes that we will forever go through in our lives. But changes are there to also grow us. They're not bad. You can't always stay in the same place. You'll never grow. And so the key, though, to growth is calling on Jesus in those moments and knowing that he's there right with you. If it's that unexpected, hard change that you're going through, you got to learn to lean into him and to trust him with your now. you got to trust him with your now. So there's only one change, uh, one constant in our lives who does not change. He was the first. He was the last. He was the beginning. He was the end. He was Alpha, Omega, King of Kings, Lord of Lords, the Prince of peace jehovah rapha jehovah jireh he was here in the beginning and he'll be here in the end for us there is none like him there is none like him he is constant he is a will in the middle of a will he is in the lily of the valley he is in the mountaintop when you're up here on the mountaintop he'll never leave you or forsake you he loves you with an everlasting love amen Amen. Hallelujah. Our God is a good, loving Father. He's my Daddy God. Every morning I wake up, I say, good morning, Daddy God. Good morning, Father God. You see, I lost my dad when I was young, in my 20s, and I longed for that, and my relationship with God shifted in that moment. I loved God. I I tried to serve him. I tried, you know, but my relationship dynamic changed when I really lost my earthly father. And in that moment, I felt that love of God as my daddy God like I had never felt before. It was amazing. And he filled that longing in my heart. So our God is a mighty God. He's an awesome God. And he is there for us all the time. You see, God is also called in the scripture, El Roy, And we see it in the story of Hagar when she was out in the desert and she thought that she was desolate and she had no way. And see, if everyone looked at her in the scripture, she was the concubine of Abraham, so she was the bad one, right? But she was going through the desert, wandering with her son Ishmael, and and God spoke to her. And that's when we see in the scripture he's called El Roy, which means God sees you where you're at. So say that El Roy, R-O-I. When you're going through something and you feel like you're all alone, remember that. Say, God, you're my El Roy. You see right where I'm at. You see, he says that he has heavy hair numbered on the top of our heads. That's how detailed of a God we serve and how much he cares and knows about you. He's detailed with the children of God and who he loves. He cares that much. And I feel like a lot of people in here are going through a lot of changes. I haven't even talked to some, but I just felt it. My spirit felt it when I was preparing for this service. God just kept impressing me. There's so many people going through changes that they're not wanting to go through, that they're dealing with things that they weren't expecting to deal with. So he wants me to tell you this morning that to trust him, to trust him with the change. Trust him. But that's the second point. We've got to learn to trust God with the change. No matter what, we got to learn to put God inside of the picture. How do we do that? How do we put God in every moment of our lives? The first best way to do that is wake up in the morning and seek him. Give him your day. Surrender your day. Let me tell you, when I don't do that, I feel the difference. I feel the difference when I stop doing that. Yeah, I'm a pastor's wife. I have skipped prayer (laughs) many times. And because you get busy in life and you got to be at work and, oh, I don't have time. But you know what? Even if it's one minute, if it's one minute that you got when you wake up and you just kneel by your bed real quick, say you got five minutes, one minute, that's it. That's all it takes. I surrender my day to you, Jesus, right now. I give it to you today. You are in control just like that just like that. And let me tell you, your whole day will be different. It's like he sets the course for your day because you surrendered it to him. And so no matter what you go through that day, you feel him there when you surrender it to him. Anybody know what I'm talking about? So trust God with your change what you're going through. Trust him. In Exodus 16 and 2, I might not read it all, but we see the story about the Israelites. And um, how many of you know they got delivered out of Egypt, right? But they just couldn't get Egypt out of them, right? They were longing to go back because they thought they had it worse. And what turned into 40 years, it should have been 40 days. If you look at it logically on the map, they should have gotten to the promised land in 40 days and it took them 40 years. What was the problem? Why? God was with them. God was with Moses. God, I mean, he did miraculous deliverances for them. He parted the Red Sea. He did so many things. He let Pharaoh's heart be softened to let them go. He sent all the plagues. He did so much. So what happened through the change? What happened when they were walking by the 45th day where they should have already been there? They started complaining. They started grumbling. They started complaining to Moses. So I'm going to read a little bit of it. I kind of already told you some of it. But God... Ultimately, God heard their complaining, okay, but he wasn't pleased with that, but he still answered, he answered their uh, complaining, I'm going to say, because it wasn't a prayer, because he, he wanted to prove himself to them, to show them that he was with them, that he was for them, but he needed them to be for him. He was trying to prove a point because they were God's people. But he wanted them to trust him. So when you don't trust, that means you lose faith. So what happened was they got faithless in the desert. And they they stopped trusting God because of it. Instead, complaining, complaining. So they thought they were starving. And it says this in verse 6. Tonight Moses and Aaron said to the Israelites, because God had already said he's going to send food to show them. Tonight you will see the power of the Lord. You will know that he is the one who brought you out of Egypt. You've been complaining about the Lord and he heard you. So tomorrow morning you will see the glory of the Lord. You have been complaining and complaining about us. Maybe now we can have a little rest. And then Moses said in the evening, the Lord will give you meat to eat. In the morning, you will have the bread you want. The Lord will do this because he's heard your complaining, which was against him, not us. We can't, what can we do? We can only, uh, we can only what he tells us to do. So your complaints are really against the Lord. Then Moses and Aaron said this, tell the whole community of Israelites to come together before the Lord because he has heard your complaints. We just see it over and over again, the complaining. And Aaron, uh, I'm going to skip down to verse 10. So Aaron spoke to all the Israelites. While he was talking, the people turned and looked into the desert, and they saw the glory of the Lord appear in a cloud. The Lord said to Moses, I have heard the complaints of the Israelites, so tell them, tonight you will eat meat, and in the morning you will have all the bread you want, but catch this last part that God said: Then you you will know you can trust the Lord your God. We've got to remember: if God took you to it, He's going to bring you through it. He's already got our plans for us ordered. They're ordered by the Lord. But the power of our thoughts can influence the course of our lives. It can change the course of our lives like it did the Israelites, where we shouldn't stay in that place for as long as we did because we should have only been there 40 days instead of 40 years. So the power of thoughts can influence the course of our lives. They lost perspective when they were in the desert. They lost perspective, and they stopped trusting God. Say, I trust God with my change. That's just a confession for you right now. So Israel's response to all the amazing deliverance that God did for them, it wasn't all praise, it wasn't all worship, and it wasn't all wholehearted trust. There was complaining, murmuring, uh, grumbling, whining, and thanklessness. And those are all not ultimately the heart's response to circumstances, but actually to God. It's showing God that you lost faith in him. And what pleases God is faith. So even though we don't feel it sometimes, we have to do it. Or we have to believe it. There's power in the words that we speak. The word of God says there is power. Uh, Life and death is in the power of the tongue. So the things you speak you might not feel at that moment. But those are confessions and promises and declarations in the word of God. And when you begin to confess them. Before you know it, your spirit's going to be in alignment, and faith's going to rise up, and God operates and moves through faith. So then you'll see your circumstance start to change because you're speaking faith over the situation. So grumbling and whining and thanklessness doesn't do it. In fact, it only gets you in a pit. But when you can learn to say, thank you, Jesus, I trust you with this. I didn't want it. I I don't like it, but I trust you with it, Lord. Watch what he's going to do. He'll change your heart. Proverbs 16 and 9 says this, in their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. So we can make our plans but God can change him anytime he wants to. Because he's already got the course set. But it's up to us to believe and trust him with it. Psalms, uh, Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. And we need to learn to speak these scriptures over ourselves. Trust in the Lord with all my heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all our ways acknowledge him. And he shall direct our paths. So we know for praying that prayer that there's nothing that's going to happen by accident. We know that God's taking us through something that he, for some reason, wants us to go through because we're acknowledging him. We're trusting him, and he's starting to direct our footsteps. So like I said, if he's going to take us to it, he's going to bring us through it. Psalms 18 and 2 says, the Lord is my rock, and this is David again. I love David because he went through a lot of things, and he surely wasn't a perfect man. He failed God so many times, but yet God said he had a heart after God because he knew how to repent He knew how to get on his knees before the Lord and say, I'm sorry, God, I messed up. But I know you're my rock, you're my salvation, you're my fortress, you're my strong and high tower. So it says that, you're my rock, my fortress, my deliverer, my God. He says this, David says, my strength in whom I will trust. That's what always got David back to the heartbeat of God is because he knew how to repent and he knew how to trust. He knew how to trust. Say, I trust you, God. I trust you, God. You see, God's thoughts are above our thoughts. His ways, the word of God says, are way above our ways. I promise better days are coming for each one of you here. There are times that I have been myself at the lowest of lows. And I think I'm not going to come out. But when I begin to seek God and I begin to pray and I ask him for help, that's when things shift. That's when things change. So I promise you're never, if you're in a dark spot right now in your life, I promise you're not going to stay there. You're going to come out of that. Joy is coming in the morning. Joy always comes in the morning. Hold on that old song to his unchanging hand. Hold to, I wish I knew how to sing like my kids, but I don't. Hold to God's, how many of you know that old hymn? Hold to God's unchanging hand. He never changes, not. He never changes. He's constant. So if you're in troubled waters this morning, Or if you're going through a change that you didn't expect, like we've been talking about this whole time. It's something you didn't ask for. It's something you didn't want. Let me tell you, troubled waters won't stay there forever when you trust God and you surrender your change to him. He will help you. He wants to help us. He wants to. I said it earlier. He's a very present help in times of trouble. That means he wants us to call on him. It's not religion, guys. It's a relationship. There's a difference. I can try my best to be as good as I can be, and I can never earn my way to God. But because Jesus already paid the price. It was already completed at Calvary. And then he rose again. And now his spirit lives inside of me. So he empowers me to try my best to live this life. But I still fall. But David said, When I fall, I shall arise. When I fall, I shall arise. See, he was speaking over himself all the time. And it makes a difference. Your words create your world, they really do. And so I know the struggle, I know the hurt, I know what it's like to have pain. And I know, though, too, that there is a God that loves me so much, and he loves you so much, right when we're in the middle of our struggle. In fact, I wonder if he loves us more. Think about, he had to watch his son go through it. He had to watch Jesus go through it. So he knows the pain and the hurt and the suffering that we feel in this earth. There's a scripture that says he is moved with compassion by the feeling of our infirmities. So that means our emotions and the things we go through. God is moved with compassion. He looks down on us and he is moved with compassion for us. That's how much he loves us. He says, we will have trouble in this life, so there will be changes. There will be troubles with some of those changes. But he says, to take heart that I have overcome the world. Jesus says, I have overcome the world. So when we give him our world, we allow him, that we allow the overcoming power of Jesus to take over our world when we give it to him. So no matter what, you will overcome. Say, I will overcome i will see there's power you feel in the faith you feel the faith every time we speak it faith is coming up higher and higher in this place so god knows but that's the power of god working inside of us when we start to speak the word and that's the importance of speaking the word that's the importance of knowing the word memorizing the word because in those moments when you don't have your bible available and the word is hidden in your heart god will just bring it up like a well spewing up he'll give you a word it'll be an impression a thought and he'll speak the word to you in the moment right when you need that word and you'll feel the faith that God rise up in you. So the word is so important to know. It's important to dig into it as often as you can. Get one scripture a week if that's all you can do. And memorize it every day. Speak over that one same scripture until you have it memorized. And then the word of God is going to flow out of you. So that when troubled times come, ain't nothing going to stand against you. Because it says nothing can stand against the word of God. So when we grab a hold of that revelation of who we are and whose we are there is nothing that we can't go through that we're not going to get the victory over so you got to understand whose you are you're a child of the most high god you're a child of the king of kings like Pastor Bobby said, he has authority over everything, dominion and authority over everything. And so when you have this him inside of your, your, his spirit inside of you, you have authority over things. You can take his word and use that same authority because God is inside of you. Romans 12 and 12 says, rejoicing in hope, patient in trouble. See, rejoice, in hope hope is future tense right that's something we got to look forward to but it seeks paul's the one that wrote this into the roman church rejoicing in the hope it was a future thing but he says be patient in trouble but this last one he says this is the key continuing instantly in, in, instant in prayer continue instant in prayer pray without ceasing and is another way that it said Continue instant in prayer. That is the key to your struggle. That is the key to your change. It's just going to make it easier for you to walk through. It's not that you're not going to have the problems, but it's so much easier when you're holding his hand and he's walking you. Or, you know, like the footprint story where he's carrying you, you can feel him carry you through a situation. You can feel him covering you in a situation. That's just how God is. One of the hardest things that I've gone through, well, I've lost both of my parents, but I lost my mom. Everyone pretty much knows in here a year and a half ago. And and, and that was the hardest thing. I mean, it was hard when I lost my dad, but I lost my mom, your mom, you know. And so that was the hardest thing. And I grieved so bad for her. We were so close. And I grieved so and longed for her. I just missed her. I knew she was with Jesus, but there was just something about her not being here anymore. And there was times when I would uh, want to pick up the phone and call, or my car would automatically go to her house. Or I would be talking to someone and say, oh, let me ask my mom. I know she knows that. And it happened for months and months because it was such a huge change. And that's probably the biggest change Anyone can go through. How many have lost a loved one in here? It's the heart. It's it's hard. It's so hard. So I got myself in this place that I didn't want to be in, because I grieved to the point where it was coming to depression. And one night I was grieving so bad the loss of my mom and missing her so bad. But I began to talk to the Lord. And I had talked to him before. And for some reason it didn't happen this way before. But I think I was just at that point where he knew if he didn't catch me now, it could have gotten worse. And so in that moment when I cried out to Jesus and I asked him to help me and to please take this away. And it's a natural thing to grieve. You got to grieve. But you don't want to stay in it where you're depressed. You know, you, God doesn't want us to stay in it. You grieve, but God's going to give you the strength to move on. And so I went to that place yet until I asked him to please take it away. I can't make it. And I felt the spirit of the Lord come in the room when I prayed that. And you know what he told me? Because God does speak. Anybody believe God still speaks? It wasn't audible, but I felt the words come as an impression in my mind. And he said, your mom would not want you like this. He said, get up, shake off the dust off of you, and do what you're purposed and fulfilled to do in your life. That's what your mom would want. And from that moment forward, it was like a shift in the spirit. And my whole world changed in that moment. And instead of crying, I started laughing about the good memories we had. And then I started remembering that, oh, my God, she's not ate up with cancer anymore, but she's with Jesus, and she's whole, and she's healed. And one day in eternity, I'm going to see her again, and she's going to meet me at the pearly gates, and she's going to go, hey, honey, and give me a big old hug. When you think about it that way, that's the hope of eternity that we have. We have that because we know Jesus, that one day we're going to see our loved ones again. So all of that was gone. See, if you stay in one place too long, you become that place. And you don't want to stay in that kind of place. Change has to happen when you're in that kind of place. But let me tell you something beautiful. My mom and dad were wonderful parents and and we had love in our home but we never talked about god i wasn't raised in church you know they were great but we just god wasn't in the picture and so at the age of almost 72 my mom got baptized she came to me and says dawn this is it right there she says i want to god had been dealing with her for years but she just never completely surrendered and she says, I want to get baptized. And so we we just had a little private ceremony, and we baptized her in the beautiful name of Jesus. And so I had that peace of knowing that she was with God. So all was well. But let me tell you, and 18 months after that is when my mom passed away. So like God knew, I'd been praying for 20. Three years for her at that time. And let me tell you, don't stop praying for your loved ones. He is faithful, even if it's at their last breath. He says, The first shall be last, and the last shall be first. It doesn't matter if you've lived for God your whole life. If someone comes in repentance to God in their last breath and they cry out to Him, the Father hears that. He hears that. He's that merciful, He's that loving. And so the only person, the only thing that can change, though, a life is God. And that's my third point right here. Only God changes lives. He is the only one that can change a life. So when you come to God, what he does is he gives you a new heart. Maybe there's some of you in here that you're coming to God for the first time. You feel him pulling your heart. You might not know exactly what's going on, but you just feel him pulling at your heart, and you're longing for something more. See, God puts a, uh, God puts a Uh, void in our heart I think we're born with it and it's a God-sized hole that only he can fill see we try to fill it with so many things in this life but those things don't satisfy it takes God coming in your heart to feel completely satisfied and fulfilled and so what he does he gives you a heart uh, transformation when you come to him it's like a heart transplant You know, anyone had a heart transplant in here? He gives you a brand new heart. He takes out the old heart, and he gives you a whole new heart. So now you start to desire the things of God you never desired before. You begin to fall in love with his word, and you begin to let his word speak to you. And you begin to love what he loves, and you begin to hate what he hates. Uh, Paul and Silas were called world changers. The reason in the book of Acts they were called world changers is because it says that they turn the world upside down. When they got saved, they were bold. They went around preaching the word of God with no shame attached to it. And they were called world changers. And they that's what happens when your world encounters God's world. He changes you from the inside out. And he causes you to be a world changer. He changes everything about you. He begins to tell you things to cut off and to change and to do. But it's all the spirit of god you just got to be sensitive and listen to it he does come in and rock your world he rocks your world things won't stay the same you won't stay the same we have a slogan here and we always say it too it says where lives are changed it's on a lot of our social media too because when you come into a place where the presence of God is, and you're hungry for it, you're not gonna walk out the same. The reason being is because the presence of God, when you walk out, you'll st- you'll feel stronger, you'll feel wiser, you'll feel bolder. You're gonna feel freedom. You're gonna you're gonna feel a difference. You can't walk into the presence of God in a spirit-filled environment and walk out the same because you'll think about it on the way home. You'll think about it all the rest of the week, and you'll say, "Man, I loved what I." felt in that place it was that the was that God was those bumps those goosebumps I felt was that what was that it was God it's the presence of God his spirit wants to touch us today and every day we just got to be surrendered to it amen anyone believe anyone with me (laughs) nothing like the presence of God So God doesn't save you to keep you the same. He gives you a new heart. Jeremiah 24 and 7 says, And I will give them a heart to know me, that I am the Lord, and they shall be my people, and I will be their God, for they shall return unto me with their whole heart. What a merciful God. Ezekiel 36 and 26, A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit I will put within you and I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh and I will give you a new heart of flesh. He gives you a new heart. So now you've become the true Israel. You've become the spiritual Jew. You now have become engrafted into the the, uh, kingdom of God and you are called a spiritual Jew because you're not one outwardly. It's the circumcision of the heart now that God looks at. The New Testament talks about it. He goes in and circumcises your heart and changes your heart. So when you come to God now, old things are passed away. All things become new. You're a new creation. Last week we had baptisms, and it was awesome we had so many people in there celebrating with everyone and that's what it should be it shouldn't be a somber moment it should be a time of rejoicing and celebration because people are confessing their love for God and they're being obedient to the scripture and professing it before everyone and being baptized and I love those baptisms I love them I love dedications I love that act of faith to see people do that But you know what happens when you go in the watery grave of baptism? When you come out, you take on a new name. So you have a name change. So I I was no longer Don Allison Rivera, but now I'm Don Allison Rivera Jesus because now I'm a part of the body of Christ and the blood of Jesus covers me now. I got the blood of Jesus over my life. So you have a name change as well. So God is not like a man that he would leave us. But we now are in covenant with our heavenly Father who does not change. Say he does not change. There's a reason why I keep telling y'all to say it. It's because it's got to get in your heart. You got to believe it. You got to know it. And so I want you right now if you're if you're in here and you're going through a change, stand up right now. We're going to do something and it's going to be symbolic. Because there's a lot of symbolism that's used in the Bible. And so I just want this to be a, a point of contact right now. If you have a change that you're going through, whether good or bad, because sometimes even the good ones you get anxiety and worry and fear over, right? And so if you can just hold that in your hand symbolically, symbolically, the thing that you're going through right now, and you just lift it up to God right now. I, I know it's elementary. That's okay. Okay. <laughs> That's okay. God looks at sincere hearts. And if you'll just hold your hand up, and at the count of three, this is what we're going to do symbolically. We're going to release and surrender that thing to God right now. And I tell you what, after that, I want you to give God a shout of praise because he's taken it on for you. He's taken on the burden, the anxiety, the fear, the worry, everything. And you're going to feel a release. And you're going to feel God touch you in that moment. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I want you to release it to the count of three. One, two, three. Release it to him. We give it to you, God. Hallelujah. Give him a shout of praise. Give him a shout of praise. Oh. No matter what you're going through you left it in his hands you left it in his hands he's with you he's with you there is nothing too hard for our God he's a God of that works the impossible circumstances out for us he makes all things possible I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me say that right now I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me And so I just want to take a moment, if you're here this morning and you've never given your heart to Jesus and you feel him pulling at you and you just are longing for something more, you need him to touch you, I want to welcome you. I want the prayer partners to go ahead and come up. We're going to end with the altar service because I don't want anyone to leave here that needs prayer. I don't want them to have to go and, and say, I wish that they would have had prayer." We Even if someone doesn't come, I just want to give them that opportunity. And so if you're here this morning and you're going to give your heart to Jesus for the first time, you can stay where you're seated or you can come up and pray with somebody. But let's just do that corporately all together right now if we can. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just surrender myself to you. God, I want to make you Lord of lords over my life. I give you my life, Lord. Forgive me for my sins. I thank you, Lord, that you died on the cross for me. I believe in you, Jesus. And I thank you for saving me. In Jesus' mighty name. And everyone say amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Covenant Life Center podcast. If you enjoyed today's message, then subscribe and follow us on social media at CLC Victoria. Connect with us by visiting our website clcvictoria.org.